Okay. All right. All righty. <laughs> Ready when you are. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where there won't be a question and answer period after we speak and discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 134th episode in the series, Feelings. Is is there not going to be a question and answer period because Twitter might be gone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every day it's like, anyway, hey, Ingrid, hey, that's what said, I do when I go on. <laughs> people said the World Cup was going to kill it, but it's still, it's limping along still. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? But that being said, despite our uh, snarky intro, if you do want to comment on Twitter, please do. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. And I it's I'm glad you brought up the World Cup because that's happening right now when we're recording. Um, And I have a lot to say about America's attitude attitudes towards American football and like how obsessed culture is with it. Oh, as evidenced. (laughs) Absolutely. I just don't know if you think you you know how important football is to themselves. (laughs) Oh, it's so great. So. Anyway, I I really like this one. Um, I think it's got, you know, definitely memorable, like, you know, episode characters, um, three of them to be exact. Yeah, Um, guest star Palooza. Yeah. And you also, well, I mean, there's also the B story. You have the fourth one too. Um, Wowie, wow, wow, wow. But uh, (laughs) you have, (laughs) you have, um, you know, a little bit more depth, which we've seen, you know, episodically throughout the series of like Dorothy as a teacher and like seeing how she acts as a teacher, which I think is great. Not just like lip service to talking about how she is a teacher, but like how she performs, which is really interesting. Yeah. Attila the sub. Um, (laughs) I do wonder like what, I guess like this is a permanent sub job, so it's different, but like, I don't know. I personally also like, it's not right because obviously substitute teachers have a really tough job but like I do subscribe to the Blanche Devereaux school of substitute teachers like put a yeah. movie on I'm not learning from you enough like I certainly did when I was a student in school so like I think it's interesting that Dorothy would kind of subject herself to that because she seems yeah. to be somebody who really um you know thrives in academia and gets energy out of intellectual conversations and like would I think could be really satisfied by a life as a high school English teacher. So I wonder like, why, why is she subbing? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I think, I, I don't know. It, it It's funny. Cause like, I do, I do think that they explain it with the whole, like, well, I'm subbing for the whole year. Right. Like I'm actually there. There's a lot more at stake than just like the teachers out sick for a week kind of thing. Right. But it is funny because yeah, to bring that upon herself, <laughs> Of like the whole school and community like coming down on her I don't know it's really it's interesting I'm kind of caught in this like moral dilemma too but also I I will also have thoughts or I can share them right now about how Dorothy is like a very good person to help try to reach a douchebag because I would not be that big of a person like the kid is a dick and like he is extremely rude to her and then is also still rude to her at the end when she tries to sort of like cap capture him um and then when when we get there i have thoughts about how it actually all really works out in the end but i mean her it's admirable that she is like no like i need to set this kid straight whatever way possible i'm put in a position to do so and i'm gonna do it so they don't know she has no life (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, i I thought you were the brunt of a joke turns out they really hate you 
<laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, what do you think of this episode? What are you, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, obviously other than American football taking over yeah. the planet. Um, I love it. I mean, I think it's so funny. I think it's so, um, both the A and the B stories, I think have an interesting parallel of like standing up for yourself. I mean, there's definitely some nuance, I think. And I think we would have treated it a little bit differently about like, they kind of put the onus on Rose to take down Dr. Norgan, which is like, Mm -hmm. if she feels comfortable, you know, obviously like he's, this is probably a pattern of behavior and he's a scumbag, but like, it doesn't feel as, as gentle as I think I would like it to be from them advocating for Rose to take it up. Um, which is really the only like serious bit. And I don't know, I don't even really get so into the serious angle of the Dorothy story. I just think it's funny. Like the fish part is like, so it's over the top. Um, but it's, it's Sicily. And I just, it it provides the great line of like her just being like white wine with dinner. I don't. Yeah. It's a great line. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I really like it. I have a couple interesting um stuff from Jim Colucci's book if we want to start there. Yeah, yeah. Um, bring the Bible on, you know, we always have to reference scripture first and foremost. Yes, of course, blessings. Um, a reading from the book of Colucci. <laughs> so okay, first thing is you may recognize the um, the kid who plays Kevin. Uh, his name is uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes. Um, I love the Brady Bunch movies and uh, the very Brady sequel. I think um, another podcast that I want to give a quick shout out to who Golden Girls posters loves is Movies That Made Us Gay. Um, and I'm not sure if they did yes. the Brady Bunch movies yet, but they must. Um, but anyway, he plays Greg Brady, which you know, I didn't put together, but I was like, oh, that's yeah. Amazing. I mean, I can so see it now, but like, I mm-hmm. did not know that and it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. But the other like more, like maybe more uh, enticing reveal is that he's the voice of Prince Eric and the Little Mermaid, amazing. Um, which I also feel like he kind of looks like that animated. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> he's got the hair. He's got the whole thing, you know, he's got a, a sense of arrogance about him. So, you know, it all fits. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, and then two other interesting things. So the plot line of the coach intervening, um, the the guy who's played by Robert uh, Constano is his name. Yeah. Um, who like plays all of these sort of like generically Italian characters. He was Joey's dad on Friends, whatever. Um, but anyway, that whole plot line was inspired by Don Siegel's real life experience. I guess really? he had a coach um, who, and he, you know, reflecting back as an adult, is like it was ridiculous and the guy was relentless he just was so obsessed with winning that he would he didn't care about my grades or like you know about like you know because I I see how as a coach you could get kind of wrapped up in it but ultimately like you're supposed to be a steward of development rather than like you know just a machine that produces wins which I think is sort of what you're talking about with Dorothy and like how um how understanding she is of Kevin being such a douchebag because he's just a teenager and she's able to kind of not it seems like not take it super personally which I think is a real note of character and that's a Um, a trait you need as a teacher (laughs) yeah I can I know and I can't imagine that like but less teachers you know I mean it's literally it's like it's like that creepy Matthew McConaughey name you know it's like you get older and they stay the same age like it, you have to if you teach a certain grade you're you're teaching all of the shitty people at that age over and over again so I mean it's it's admirable as fuck really 
Yeah, totally. Um, I agree. I agree. Okay. So those are the fun facts. I'll share something interesting about Dr. Norgan when we get into that storyline, but oh, I think, that. um, let's, uh, let's start with the beginning. Okay. Um, I mean, I love the diagramming sentences bit, and I know this isn't exactly your sort of grammatical area of what you like, but yeah. it does remind me of you. Yeah, like, exactly. Am I the only one who thinks correcting grammar is fun? Like, it's not quite as nerdy, but. Oh, no, I mean, your point right. stands for sure, for sure. That sounds like a conversation between me and my husband of just like, what the hell? How is this fun for you? Um, turning everything into some form of writing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, you know, it's funny what I, I, I love that line. I love, again, also Dorothy in this episode, she's kind of just impervious in general because she's even impervious in the beginning when, you know, like, uh, like Sophia's just kind of a jerk I mean you know what I mean like this again mm-hmm. this is the you know the latter season more jerky Sophia um once again she's like starting with you know seeks fun times on a regular basis it's something she doesn't have um <laughs> of just like you know kind of kind of just not not working with Dorothy as much and doing things at her um which you know again it's hard it's real and it's funny because it's almost like you can go either direction with the character when somebody's becoming more harsh or doing some of the same old crap that you hate you could either you know have like an explosion or like a breakdown or you can sort of just be more impervious to it and i think that that dorothy in this episode is definitely the latter um where nothing's really bothering her except her principles which is also admirable you know um so anyway yeah i'm just you know it's just another i just wanted to like another note about sophia just being a little more abrasive than i think she should be so. Yeah, totally. I I definitely see that. Yeah. Um, I think the kick me hard sign. It's really funny. And I, I you <laughs> see all four pieces of scotch tape. It's like super I know. <laughs> I also feel like I like another thing that I did uh, that I incorporated into my life without regard for the fact that no one would get it or understand the context is like I did that. Like I feel like when I would be like playing little jokes, you know, even in like high school, yeah. which was never really doing a kick me sign. Yeah, that's not a real thing. But like, you know, <laughs> I goof on friends and I would do kick me hard, which I feel like they all thought I made up. But exactly. nope. they're like, wow, Lauren's so clever to add the hard onto it. <laughs> Truly, nothing is my original idea. You should all know it. <laughs> Everything is from everything is from Yes, exactly. Oh, um, did we man. Ever, did we ever find out? So, going back to your whole like substitute conversation that you subscribe to the, you know, the school of thought of like put on the TV and whatever. Um, <laughs> why doesn't Dorothy have a regular teaching job? It doesn't seem like it'd be too hard to come by. And is it because like, she was a stay-at-home mom kind of thing like what what's the deal well maybe but she went to college I don't know I I am wondering that myself because she did go to college at the time of having the kids like maybe when they were a little bit older so I imagine by the time she would have been ready to work they would have been in school so I don't know if it's because she was and also like I don't know that they I don't know how they would survive with just that one income for 38 years, but um, I don't know. I was wondering that if you had any ideas, like, world. do you think she's trying to move into like semi-retirement or something by subbing? Like, I don't know. Because, because like she, it, it always is referenced that she never was like a teacher. She was a divorced substitute teacher. Like she was, <laughs> you know, she always defines herself as a substitute. Anyway, it was just funny. Cause it was like, she obviously has like the, wherewithal and the personality and like the 
somewhat desire to like do what real teaching is as opposed to like I'm gonna babysit the class for a little bit here and there you know right um, I think she would get a lot out of it all substitute teachers are just babysitters like that they wouldn't have such a sort of moral calling <laughs> but it just seems like you know her her sights are set pretty large um so it's just right which we kind of see with the Borealis thing when she's like basically paid a ton of money to not connect intellectually right. or to not do anything like that's not that doesn't work for her exactly exactly you know um she doesn't want that kind of favor so anyway I just thought that was it's interesting because they're this is so I think that episode and this episode are like so into the principles behind how she wishes to educate and I think it's it's really fascinating that like you know they they go into it and again like she just she keeps at it even visiting the kid in high school even volunteering so let, let's talk about football um, oh god <laughs> I just also love like again remembering what I knew about high school and also what I was like in high school is <laughs> like they the way that they refer to like they're just like they they act like the entire class is like so into this football game and is like not you know like wanting kevin to play like and then later they literally reference like a kid who's getting bullied by this asshole and it's just funny because it's just like you know whatever is popular it's like the you know the whatever is the leading perspective goes you know and it's just funny like the way that they're talking about like everybody's counting on him. you're like not you know what there's at least 30 percent of the class perhaps more that doesn't give a fuck and actually hates this asshole <laughs> you know yeah Ralph's all day just, Justice for I Ralph. just wanted to speak up for high school kids like me who literally would like cheer for the other teams when we might have like ended up at a football game because there was nothing else to do in my godforsaken town but um like who gives a fuck like you know forget all of this rah-rah nonsense like I you you people are not my family I don't care <laughs> yeah and I don't even care you if you're out of my family <laughs> sports sports are fine I like watching football sometimes like whatever you know it's just like the way that it's presented it's bringing back a lot of high school memories of being like everyone believes x and you're like actually that's absolutely not true <laughs> yeah totally I mean I think what I would say is it's a Catholic school in Florida. So maybe there's a little bit more of a student, like a high person. Cause I agree. Like in my little, public school yeah, in New Jersey, connection. like whatever, it's fine. And I also like sports. Like I think it's, it's, but I, you referenced the world cup at the beginning and like, yeah. it just feels like such a commentary on American society that we took something that the entire world calls one thing and we're like, no, in America, we're going to call this game where people literally get their brains knocked out every week on TV and it's culty and we don't care about anything they do in their personal lives. We only yeah. care about the game and call it that. And we're going to call that other game soccer. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the excess and the masculinity and all of it is just like, I really don't like football. Like, I really don't like the NFL. I really don't like the whole culture around it. I see that there's like, it's unfair that it's been co-opted. You know, I don't think the actual game is necessarily bad but I just I think that this also is reflecting back that sort of worship of this one particular sport because I don't believe if Kevin was a soccer star for example right. that this would that this would be as believable um so it, it's obviously really frustrating and Blanche brings up that thing about football you in the mean south in America, though right like oh yeah of course yeah, yeah. definitely yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I could, I, you know, like, let's say he was a basketball star, which is whatever, like that's in a, people care about that sport, but they no, don't abandon their principles for it as much. Yeah, I would say, exactly. although I think you're right, you're right. That's a problem also, but <laughs> I, um, just like, you know, the worship of athletes, I suppose the real problem I think is that he's such an asshole because like yes. Dorothy doesn't want him not to play. Cause she doesn't want them to win. Like she doesn't, you know, she probably actually cares about school spirits on some oh, level. Correct. Exactly. Like she doesn't want Saturday's him to his game is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I have a lot of thoughts about what she's actually teaching him and things, but like she just doesn't want him to use, you know, this uh, the coach as a as a pass, right? Like you were referencing earlier, the real life story of like having somebody intervene and giving you a free ride. Yeah, totally. And also, like, it's honestly really like it. We obviously don't see what happens after the episode ends, but like he got injured, so he's probably not going to play professional football. Probably exactly. not even going to play in college. So exactly. he doesn't even really know to stay to... in the pocket. Exactly, <laughs> I know everything. <laughs> uh, I know that's such a great line. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I think my, I guess the crux of my issue with it is like the worship of it directly lines up with the toxic masculinity and how much it's propelled in this country and it's all sort of yes. wrapped up in that um and so I don't mean to make Kevin my scapegoat for everything I have for all of my complaints about American patriarchal society but like it is it's a representation that <laughs> feels like well listen this a- episode we we don't we're not going to bring up Ronald Reagan most likely so Kevin can serve for right now yeah exactly same same deal um but yeah and I mean also the coach is obviously a huge asshole like he's fun I like the actor I think he's really great when he's like oh, he's so I'll sweeten the pot I'll take you out <laughs> that's oh my good god and also actually so speaking of that line it's unfortunate that it's so funny that it's a 45 reference um where she's like you've never read the art of the deal mm. <laughs> and I laughed no. and then I felt bad <laughs> I know I know you forget it's terrible just like a coping mechanism (laughs) but um so all right let's like let's go in because uh, you know the next reference i really have in my notes here is like talking about the b story but let's skip over that for a second let's talk about the coach (laughs) i also love the like you know i never say thought i'd say this dorothy but you can do better (laughs) (laughs) and then blanche coming in on the back end going do i smell aftershave Which also, I mean, the, one of the fucking funniest parts of this episode, too, is when Sophia just goes, doorbell, doorbell. It's so great. It's, I love it. I know. So anyway, yeah, the coach is great. And he like perfectly is like that, that guy, you know, and like he's got a one track mind. That's it. He's a little stupid. And that, you know, he's got like this, this, the threatening. So speaking of. I mean, you talk about like the toxic masculinity and all this other shit. There are there are a lot of men that are making threats to Dorothy. And it's really actually scary if you think about it. like this is kind of a dark episode that's not treated very dark. Like totally Liz gets her boobs groped by a dentist who then lies to her face about it and then basically does it again. And then like Dorothy is getting threatened with her life. <laughs> I know multiple times. Once by a priest. I mean, oh man, we we can talk about the priest. He is the skeeviest motherfucker ever. And like, it's like a perfect priest caricature. Gymnast. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great- oh, Fight the gymnast. Oh, so skeevy. <laughs> um, actually, the note that I can, the note 
that is on the top of my page right now is men are scum. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. yeah, it's, it's really like, Ugh. yeah, it is really scary. It also like, you know, the context of Dorothy being a sub, which you referenced earlier, like a long-term sub at this school is, is also really interesting because I get the picture of like an old boys club, which yeah. like, you know, people, the alumni really care about football. Get a life if you, oh, I'm get sorry. Get life, your shitty high school. Oh my get God. over it. <laughs> but like, to your point, right? It's a Catholic school, which is often a cult. And it's Florida, which is its own weird cult. But like, I, I also love like the... <laughs> <laughs> the fish wrapping newspaper you were talking about where she goes no one's gonna kill me over a high school football game and i was like have you met florida before dorothy like i actually yeah. fucking believe that whole shit you know a hundred percent they killed Ugh. this fish <laughs> i had no I, I know it's such a weird line you're like okay and it's so um, funny that's like that line is a bridge to a very like serious conversation and it doesn't work for me because no (laughs) you guys aren't like a house of vegetarians like fuck off so also i bet they didn't kill the fish they probably got it from the grocery store (laughs) yes of course they're not that clever come on man who do you think you think it was an alumni um i I bet it was like a student, like an actor. Like, I don't know. I could see other people on the football team doing it. Football team. Yeah, exactly. We just watched The Godfather. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. I, what you said about it being actually scary is, is I think a really good point because like, yeah, she's in a new place. It's all these men threatening her and not just threatening her. Like you won't work or you won't be like successful in this role or anything like that. It's like, personally threatening her and um i don't know i think we should talk about this is like can't be responsible for their actions right what the fuck yeah that's what i I think we should talk about the priest because i also think that is like a really like it preys on i don't know like religious guilt a little bit too like they're it's a move to bring out a priest and trying to get him to get this up to do something um i had no idea that he took such an interest in high school football <laughs> again impervious man she doesn't flinch she yeah. does exactly what they're playing and it's like it's unbelievable to me she's just she really just shows a lot of courage in this episode a profile and courage truly i mean and that i think is the common theme like i think you know when we get to rose i think that also like same same deal um oh we got it oh go ahead no, I was just going to say, we need to talk about the cysts on her behind. Because oh my God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what the hell? I'll throw in a teabag and make myself a hero. <laughs> the com- the two comebacks, that, the cyst thing, and then also the butts asleep thing. Oh, um, the second time each of those come in is just call- like. You mean the callbacks to them? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, what's so funny when she goes, I was boiling water anyway to shrink the cyst on my backside. And then the audience laughs. And it obviously cuts to like Dorothy and Blanche freezing <laughs> while they hold their cups. But Sophia rightly, you know, Estelle Getty rightly pauses and she pauses with her hand mid gesture. And it, it's perfect. It's just perfect comedic sitcom timing. Like if you watch, like when you, and you realize how hard it is to be an actor with a live audience because you have to wait and pause, right? Like the joke comes, the laugh comes in the middle of her sentence. But she can't just like stop what she was going to do. And it works really well with her being an old lady, right? Because she's sort of like gesturing as she's sort of sitting down 
and I don't know you just gotta watch it again like it's like it's almost like slow motion but everything lines up perfectly and I really I just love the that whole scene the way it's cut and the way that all of the actresses play it it's brilliant the timing is like an art of its own it's so like Estokety really pick it up here too and I mean you know from the beginning she's great but I think when she's used as this kind of like anchor for the the comedic bits um the like goofy (laughs) bits like this she really does pick up and and it's it's great I think that's a great example I am excited to rewatch it (laughs) (laughs) just that scene um let's talk about the B story so (laughs) I know this is like the most jumping around we usually do we're gonna get some iTunes comment jerk being like I can't (laughs) understand what you guys are talking about anyway um (laughs) you gotta watch you gotta watch that's all I can say (laughs) you gotta watch you gotta keep up with us come on anyway it's a companion Let's go back to when Rose is actually, um, you know, delivering the news, essentially, right? They're like in the kitchen, they're talking about like, oh, Saturday's game is a big one, blah, blah, blah. And they're just joking around, right? They're all kind of laughing. And then Rose comes in with this like terrible news. And it's so funny. It was like such a visceral moment. Like, I can't think of an exact scenario where that's happened to me, but I'm sure it has, right? Where you're like in a big room and everybody's laughing and then somebody has like a, a very grave face. And they have, yeah. you know, like something happens and everybody sort of like freezes up and they're like, what? You know, it's really interesting. And like, again, hard to play. It's really hard, especially when you know that like someone's going to come in with the bad news as part of the script. <laughs> it's really difficult to sort of like switch on a dime like that, you know, and they do a really good job. Yeah, especially because the joke is at Rose's expense. Like the wisdom tooth oh. joke is supposed would normally just be funny. Would it be like, you know, a very normal thing for them to say to Rose and it's funny and it's witty. Um, but I do think they do a really great job, all of them at like break, you know, like changing the second that Rose shares these, this grim news. And I think that's your point is really good because the transition is so seamless and like clunky, but that's how it is in life. Like, you know, there's no time to ease into. Yeah. It's awkward. That's exactly. And like, it is awkward. Um, and then, you know, like, obviously, the the response is pretty swift and, and heavy. Um, yeah, to your earlier point. Yeah. Yeah, which, you know, I think is, I, I, I don't want to be so critical of it because I obviously think it's very well-intentioned. And I think we are a lot more, frankly, because a lot more people have spoken about experiences like this with Rose. So it's more commonplace I guess but like we're a little bit more socially trained I think in how to respond and not just like throwing it at them so, sort of how they do with um uh what's his name the professor and when Blanche is having her similar issue yeah, yeah um just a little more gentle and like kind of leaving it up to Rose to choose if she wants to go to the dental board or not right like their whole yeah. thing is like you have to go you have to go you have to go um so I don't know. I I don't. It's like the, the, both of those episodes, right? Professor Cooper in this one and the reporting, like, you know, uh, say, like saying you should report it and like being like pressuring essentially them to do so is like, it, it's predicated on two things. One, that this audience in this time often would not report or not even know that they could report, right? So it's actually kind of a little bit of like, a mission like a personal mission <laughs> to like get people to like change their mind i think mm-hmm. but i also think it assumes that the you know the i guess not as much in professor cooper's place but like it, you know the it assumes that like the correct 
bodies that these uh, women report to are going to sort of do their due diligence and their work, right, to right, right. the wrong. Um, so I think that that's what's difficult, too, where you're just like, okay, first of all, like, you shouldn't feel pressured. And like, second of all, it, it you know, unfortunately, the stats say there's probably not going to be a lot that's done about it to your satisfaction, you know, so it's, you know, and again, this is not me discouraging anyone from reporting. I absolutely think everybody should who has the wherewithal to do so. But I, I like your point about the extra pressure, right? I didn't even think about that angle. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think, um, I think we kind of see that in the Professor Cooper episode, actually, like with the 7B situation um, of like, it doesn't always go right. to the right place um but i i do i think it's like one you'll feel better two like dr norgan is drugging people i mean like he's you know it's it's not not that it's i don't want to say which one's better or worse but like these people are incapacitated and he's molesting them and i also think it's oh, yeah. it's a real nod that i think dorothy says the word molested which i feel like is um it's kind of a big deal. Like it feels big to get that on network TV yeah. um, and to call it what it is. Right. Cause like that, I mean, he's groping her. That's what it is. Um, so yeah, I, I think that they, they do a lot right with this story. I just, I guess I just want to clarify that, um, you know, I don't want to be so critical in the approach. Um, but I also think it's interesting, like the, the parallels again of like, having to stand up for yourself, having to stand up for your principles and also like the different ways, the different situations that they're in, like they're so different. They seem so different, but like ultimately what the show is calling for them to do is kind of the same thing, right? Like standing up for themselves, have principles that story. Principles when everybody else is sort of against you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the, you, you mentioned this earlier, but like the, the way that the A and the B story come together in the writing, like when Dorothy's talking about how like Blanche focused it for her and like, you know, she's like, you stand up for you, what you believe in. And, you know, I should know I backed down myself today. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't really see it coming that like the two stories would come together like that. It was pretty masterful. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cause like they do seem, I mean, they are different in a lot of ways, but they, I guess the sort of internal courage that you have to summon in both situations is the same. Um, and I think also like Dorothy, it's interesting because Dorothy seems much more, um, has a much closer tie, I think, to her principles in this scenario only because Rose is a little conflicted, which I also think we should we should bring up because she has that line where she's like, what if I'm wrong? And like, what if I, you know, was just like loopy on the gas or whatever? And that I feel like is like the whole, that is why part of the reason that people don't report sexual assault and sexual misconduct because they're like, oh, I don't know if this actually counts as it. Or like, was it just in my head, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, I was drunk or yeah. And like this whole idea of like his good name is very like Brock Turner. It's like the idea of a man in most cases having their reputation sullied is worse or as bad as another as the person who um, is the victim of the assault. Like, oh, it's always considered <sighs> worse. It's always considered worse. Right. And I mean, never again, toxic masculinity like Brett Kavanaugh and Clarence Thomas are supreme court justices like yes, exactly. i you cannot untangle these two these these things and 
the fucking dentist, Dr. Norgan, like he is so close to getting away with it. And then he fucking fucks himself over again because he's got such bravado. Yeah. Yeah. He almost gets away with it. He talks Rose out of it. And then she's like, I'm so sorry. And then he fucking ogles her. And it's like, what? You know, you're like, you should have just, oh my God. Anyway. Yeah, gaslighting is the 22 uh, Merriam-Webster word of the year. So yeah, exactly. I feel like this is a prime example. Um, my, my favorite tweet was, uh, no, it's not. Yeah, that's <laughs> so good. Um, we can't lose Twitter. Um, but actually, oh, another thing from Jim Colucci's book about Dr. Norgan. So the name is kind of odd, Norgan. Um, yeah, it is. It struck me as very odd, for sure. <laughs> right. So the thing was, they wrote uh, in, in the Colucci book, they talk about how... Um, it was really hard to get names through NBC legal because they were basically like, if there's anybody in the greater Miami area with this name, you can't use it. So they were just getting so fed up with it. And I think Mark, Mark Sotkin um, was finally like, just figure out a way to do this easier. So they would change the first letter of names to N. So I think his he was originally written as like Dr. Morgan and they were like, okay, Norgan. Um, so that was like their device. So I'm really curious as we go forward to see if there's other names that start with N that are maybe odd or like they would, you could see them being written starting with a, another letter. Cause that was just the the tactic that they used to get stuff through legal, which I thought was really interesting. That's and really it's interesting. Yeah. Nice to soften a storyline around sexual assault <laughs> for yeah, us well, you're like oh my god can you imagine being that dentist you're like oh my god my name is dr morgan in the miami florida area oh my god yeah exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> um one more thing to say about the uh the rose b-side um b-side you know b-story <laughs> um like it's her album or something um the <laughs> the fade out on like the dancing you know that like <laughs> she's like dance with the water pick first of all like whatever you're getting his shoes wet and second of all like it's like another speaking of the awkward dancing of like the way that they have to do it for live tv or the awkward blocking or pausing or whatever this one is like specifically because the camera's on them not because of like the audience and he has to do this like weird awkward dancing and she has to stand there and like pretend to squirt him for a while it's really it just is dragged out for like a full two seconds longer than it needs to be just because of the nature (laughs) of like the fade out of the camera (laughs) i just wanted to call out how it's super super awkward yeah yeah it's funny i mean like whatever they have to end it some way so they have to end it somehow it's true why not be as goofy as possible that that reminds me of another awkward um physical piece of business in this episode that actually is like maybe the one time that i think that like b arthur is not a good actor and i'm sure it's only because of like somebody gave her poor direction is earlier in the episode where rose is starting to tell a story and like dorothy goes thank you very much rose that was a great story and she goes nice try (laughs) dorothy which is really funny dorothy does this like super over exaggerated snap of like darn Mm. (laughs) so over exaggerated like it's not (laughs) it's not that great and it cracks me up every time i see it and i saw it in this rewatch and i was like oh man so weak (laughs) (laughs) wow well it's on record now for this question and answer period let me know uh, what you think yeah (laughs) um oh i want to also okay so are we do we feel complete with the b story can we go back to the conclusion of the a story yes 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 
Um, so Blanche's like new hobby of being an amateur psychologist is, is interesting. Um, but the when Sophia's like tunnels, you love to drive through tunnels. <laughs> oh my God, they're really want to slept with them. The really fast delivery there, the whole, I mean, the whole thing on oh, Freud is so right. funny. So of the time as well. It's like the only like Absolutely. people really rely on that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just think that bit is so funny. The tunnel and it's such a, I forgot about it. You know, like, like I think you were saying, uh, I don't know if it was last episode or two episodes back, but it's really fun when we're watching them in this way, when something catches me off guard and I am like, oh my God, I haven't thought about that line in so long, or I don't oh. know what's coming um and the tunnels one was that for me so it was it was great <laughs> especially since Sophia's like largely being ignored from her Freud comment yeah right? like, and she just decides to say it anyway it's really great <laughs> um yeah I love the the line about you know give Blanche a couch and a license to charge by the hour it's perfect <laughs> it's really very well written very well written um anyway so when just speaking also of Blanche is like when she you know earlier like Rose is insinuating um that, that like Blanche wouldn't understand because like about like sexual assault or molestation because like this you know she's oversexed it's it's a very similar to the HIV episode right um and she's great she like she just fires right out I beg your pardon but when I submit to a man's advances it's with my consent a woman has a right to say no it's like hell yeah Blanche like it's actually a very forceful um speech and I think it's really important and I also think it's the same thing where like I'm saying this episode has a very specific perspective right like they're actually trying to get people to be like it you actually should report this it's not right you know and it, it, it's really interesting so and then of course that you know very serious moment sets up the question and answer joke yeah <laughs> <Which is excellent. laughs> anyway I just wanted to call it out that that was great and I love when Blanche you know like you know you can she can giggle she can talk about men she can do all these other things but when she has like a point of view man she says it you know and she makes sure that everybody knows yeah totally and I think also like there's no nuance to like whether or not that holds up from the nineties to now, like that's it. Like it, it's totally. the same thing, you know? Um, so it's nice to see that when that, that happens. Um, okay. So they come back. So let's talk about the coach and Kevin coming back to the house oh, because <laughs> I don't know what just happened here, but it didn't sound like it served enough to me. <laughs> Kills me. Is that, that, that one that's that's like my second favorite line but my my first favorite is where she's like oh that was my fault kevin for interrupting the high school experience with a book <laughs> and then there's a pause and the coach goes hey you didn't know <laughs> he's so good that it's character really, is so good <laughs> i love that line because at once he is i mean he's an idiot obviously right but he is so earnestly thinking that her sarcasm is her apologizing like he she really does like he's you know he's just like and he's trying to move it along right like he it's so interesting because the character who plays kevin good old prince eric slash greg grady um is such a good actor and he's got so you know he's so charming and personable and like he is the one in the power seat right and it's like the coach is like he's kevin's way smarter than him <laughs> he's owning this entire floor but because like the coach is an adult representing him it's really funny and it's, it's just like the way that they chose to write both characters the coach is a dummy 
and Kevin as like an actual really smart human being, but just like, you know, has a one ticket mind, you know, one track mind, um, is brilliant, I think, because it's like it's it would be way different if like the coach was more of like a priest, right? Who was like, you know, like the priest character who's a little more smart and coy and clever and like trying to manipulate. The coach is just trying to barrel through and he's like, he's like, okay, we're good here, right? Yeah, yeah. You didn't know. Yeah, okay, we, we made up. Okay, we can play, you know. So yeah. And I think there. I think that also applies to Kevin because if he was written as like a dumb kid, it would be like Dorothy, come on, just he's never gonna read this book. He's but Dorothy even it. says like he's not dumb, he's just lazy and he doesn't have to work hard because he's good at sports. And like that is that shines through very clearly when they're talking. Like he is so personable. And then you realize that like they're talking about him beating up a kid, and you're like, Oh my god, Jesus Christ. Like I honestly be kind of like way more on Kevin's team. And I actually forgot about the beating up the kid uh, conversation, which sets up the whole like dork nerd, you know, uh, conversation and the one word out of you and I cut off your supply of Metamucil line. Um, I actually forgot about that when thinking and reflecting of Kevin in this episode before I rewatched it because he is like a charming kid, you know, and you are like, oh, I do want to help him. And then you're like, yeah, oh, God, you're a dick who beats people up. Yeah. And actually, to something you just said, like, for the most part, it's nice to see Sophia on Dorothy's side. Um, you know, she makes that driver's yeah. ed dig to the coach, which I feel like <laughs> that's, yeah, a, that's a very, that's so a recurring great. joke. Yeah, um, she's a young man. Yeah, it's nice. I think, it, you know, it, it's totally in contrast with like the general evolution. Um, so I think it's nice to see her yeah. to do that. And even when she's making those like, they don't know you have no life, no, you know, exactly. like it's still it's funny. Great. Exactly, exactly. She doesn't slap him this time though. <laughs> no well that would have gotten her in real trouble so yeah exactly <laughs> there's, there's too much going on for dorothy we don't need that too <laughs> um oh my god it's great um but yeah so anyway so flashing forward right so you know he he got blindsided because he didn't stay in the pocket he is you know in the hospital i just and again like that was where i was like she really can hang with douchebags he's like oh no you're substitute nurse and he's like you know hey you know football season's over why am i gonna work i mean he's still being a whiny little bastard yeah <laughs> so but um you know just when she's like calmly like correcting it yeah we'll just change <laughs> yeah. this one to shiitake mushrooms I mean, it's brilliant it's such all a great brilliant. line and she like her vibe that she brings to him is great of just like i'm relentless you know like the i know everything i'm relentless i will not stop um so and it's so funny because i really admire the spirit of it obviously but it cracks me up because if i were that kid and i was like such a dick and like so unwilling to participate in this what this woman is trying to do for me like i would just like literally she's reading the tale of two cities and i was like what the fuck is charles dickens gonna help me with you know it's sort of like starting where you're like am i gonna be using like you know the quadratic equation in my daily life like can we start with something a little more practical to like be a bridge to show me why it's worth it <laughs> yeah totally i mean yeah it's like uh, it's also it's boring i'm sorry that book is boring <laughs> well it's that's what i'm that's my point it's like charles dickens isn't exactly the gateway drug to getting excited about like learning things i'm just saying. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but I think, you know, we see this, this sort of like rigorous commitment to making sure this kid learns. I feel like it's reflected back to us later when, um, again with Randy, like Dorothy works on these kids and she doesn't just let them skate by, which I think is like, that's what 
compels her to teach probably. And that's probably what keeps her in there. So I think it's like, it is great to see her, you know, like to see the fruits of her labor, I guess, even if it's because this kid is confined to a bed. Um, and also there's that great dig at the very end when she's like, you can push the call button, but I'll be done with the book before they get there. It's like, the nurses That's are not coming. the other american healthcare dig man i just yeah. i had that in my notes too like just like well <laughs> so hey Sick i guess burn. we can blame reagan yeah Woo! <laughs> it all comes back oh my god oh my god. um i that's basically all i have for this one i think you know i i think the only, one of my favorite lines that we did not mention is um when you know Sophia's like I can't believe I have a daughter who threw a priest out the door and she just again not affected by the guilt whatsoever she goes ma you have relatives who threw priests out of windows <laughs> just incredulously and then Sophia just that was business I mean it's oh, it's fucking brilliant it's so great <laughs> um all right the only thing I want to bring up before we go is when Betty White is um closing her eyes trying to imagine and she's like a cow oh yeah a no two roosters Tell me everything yeah. <laughs> oh my god her her again like the comedic timing of all of them and like Betty White's really really just leaning into this like I don't know goofy like playful nature when she has these scenes yeah. they're they're just amazing and and like again with like a serious subject matter, like she really bridges them very very well. It's very exciting. Um, yeah, that also with the when she's reflecting on the cow, that goes back to Dorothy's line of "Mom, sorry, I didn't want your last days to be like this." <laughs> what a, what a television show, man! Uh, what a show! You know, we don't say this enough, but it's it's a really great one. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, is that all you got? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, join us next time. We're going to discuss the American Journal of Abnormal Psychology and the racial comedic injustice in the movie <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> so good. Take care. <laughs>